0: And welcome to The Point of Everything. Today's guest on the show is Brian Dillon, one part of Melty Brains and who I interviewed about their debut album You almost exactly one year ago, TPOE 248, if you'd like to hear that one. But Brian also has a solo project called The Line and has just released his second album, Red Blood Cells and Righteousness. It focuses on the importance of community and communal values. The intention of the record, he says, was for the creative process to reflect the themes and content. As a result, each song was a collaboration between Brian and some of his favourite Irish musicians, friends and most erstwhile collaborators. The sonic landscape of the album is varied as each track came from a collaborative writing session. Brian says that the album is built on personal relationships and communication dedicated to playing a small but significant role as a part of a world so much bigger than any of us are willing to admit. After all, maybe we're all just blood cells swimming through the veins of the earth, serving a much higher function. Collaborators include Lola Hush, Loa and her sister Feda, Circa Richardson, God Knows a Merle, Dan from Gilliband and so many more. We talk about all of them, I think. In the following chat, which is a track by track running through the album. On January 25th at the Horse Gallery on Dorset Street in Dublin, the exhibition White Blood Cells is opening a sister piece to the album. A series of immersive landscapes by Brian in collaboration with photographer Mark McGuinness. The audiovisual work explores the role and effect of supply chains in today's global world. From the press release one of the key topics highlighted by the audio work is immigration and refuge in 2024 global migration is taking place on a level never seen before the work explores the west's reluctance to give shelter to people who have been driven from their homes due to economic factors which are heavily influenced by western consumer demands If Dylan Soundscapes pose questions for the future of society, industry and migration, McGuinness's images act as accompanying notes on our present. The images are all taken from the ongoing project I Hope I'm Wrong, which documents the impact human activity is having on the environment. All of the images are taken in locations in Ireland which are predicted to be heavily impacted by sea level rise within the next decade. A live performance will take place on the opening night by a music group made up of migrants and asylum seekers. They'll perform a short set of songs from their home countries at 6 p.m. Thursday, January 25th, 2024. Admission is free and all are welcome to attend. So you can buy Red Blood Cells and Righteousness, the line's second album at theline2.bandcamp.com. That's the number two. We're listening to the penultimate song on the album, Lightwork, featuring Ben Bix and Mihal Quinn from Meldy Brains Now. That felt only right. Here's Brian Dillon, aka The Line, on The Point of Everything.
1: Many hands make it sing, and many make it run.
0: So I talked to you at the start of the year around the Melty Brains release, a second album coming from you in 2023, The Line, second solo album. It sounded like you had it in the can, kind of ready to go, just had to get it ready for release.
2: Effectively, yeah. I mean, the the, the kind of the process of it started in 2021 and the actual writing process was pretty, like, I don't want to say easy, (laughs) but it was quick. And I guess it was... It was partially quick due to the like the collaborative nature of it. it. Meant there was time limits, you know, in terms of like the initial kind of the the like the writing of the tracks or the idea generation. I just had a day with each artist, so it was like so now. Having said that, I took everything away and worked on it afterwards. But each song was effectively written in a day, written uh, and recorded with them, yeah, with their vocals in a day. Yeah, wow, and. I
0: guess it's good having a deadline. It's it's great. I mean, I remember Honestly. saying to you, like, what took
2: Melty Brown so long to release your debut album if you had set a deadline? Yeah, you would have got it. <laughs> I was just fear that stopped the Melty Brown album coming out, you know, fear of it not being perfect. And deadlines are great for that.
0: I guess you've worked with a lot of these artists in one way or the other over the years, but can you remember, like, the very first spark of it that made you want to get in contact with these people and think of like, this is what I want to do as the line.
2: Yeah, I know where the idea came from for sure. I don't remember if there was like a a light bulb moment or such, but with the line, like that project started when I was like effectively living on my own. I say effectively because I was living with friends who were touring musicians and I was in the house a lot, effectively living on my own in rural Ireland and spending a lot of time on my own and I I made a record that was just like the the very typical bedroom producer thing. And though that was in some ways a rewarding exercise, it really made me think about just about how much I value people and community and, and how important that is for everyone and how dangerous isolation is. And I think... You know the, the the theme of this album is like the importance of community and friends and family and all of that And I thought it'd be great if the like there's something there's kind of an irony or like a It's it's it seems kind of foolish to make a record on your own about community <laughs> um, So I thought it'd be great if the the form reflected the the content, you know Did you actually have rules going into
0: the studio with each artist as well like that you wanted to hit?
2: Not so much. It's a good question, actually. Um, like there was one thing because I had a, like my approach to was pretty conceptual, um, and I sent all the artists like a load of like videos and readings. Uh, that in terms of like, like the, the general f- overall idea of the album exactly, that you had, the kind yeah. of topics that I had in mind, and then every writing session started with a discussion. But like obviously it's you know, like i sent them, you know i sent these people loads of stuff some of them didn't look at it at all which is totally fair There's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was a lot to add. not doing the homework yeah it, well, exactly you know i wasn't paying them enough for that <laughs> um, but but no not really it was, it was actually i was chatting to um, my friend michael quinn who's in melty brands as well before i started doing the sessions and he was like he was like well look you know you want this to not be about you so if you set these strict rules that you're just getting in the way of those other people's kind of creativity. So maybe just let everyone else kind of lead it as much as you can. And so I tried to do that. You know, it's easier said than done when like it's your project and you want to make a particular thing, but the main rule was just to yeah, not be too controlling, I guess, and to trust the process. Uh, yeah.
0: I guess that you can tell as well who's maybe experienced or confident in the studio as well by how much they take control, too, do you?
2: Yeah, that's a good well, you know, it's funny as opposed to how much you take control, you, you can definitely tell I would say the people who are the most experienced and confident studio, in my experience, are the ones who probably took the least control in a sense, or were the least worried about how things would turn out. Like the, they the, trusted you by the yeah, sense of it, so. and themselves as well. Right. You know, like the easiest session, by I would say by far, was with Circa Richardson, and it's just like I was blown away. She's such a pro. Mm. You know, we got in. I hadn't seen her because of COVID. I hadn't seen her in like I'd say over a year, year or two at the time, and we chatted for ages. And then we started writing the song and it was done in like an hour. And I didn't have to change that very much at all. Like I kinda did sound design and production things afterwards. But her parts were just like boom. They just fell out of her. And, was, and I I think like I think the melody and the lyrics and everything in that song were great. Like so I could just no problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, let's talk through the album Red Blood Cells and Righteousness track by track. And we'll try and touch on uh, all the artists as well and see what you can remember about the, the sessions. First of all, why is it called Red Blood Cells and Righteousness? Okay. Where did that name come from? That's
2: the whole thing. So I was, as I said, the, like it's, my approach is pretty conceptual and ultimately it's about community. So Red Blood Cells is a reference to a book by an author, Julian Goff. And Julian Goff is this uh, kind of cult Irish writer. He was in a band called Toasted Heretic. Do you know? You know Toasted Heretic? Um, yeah, yeah. Him Very, heresy. very cult. Yeah, cult yeah, band yeah, is yeah, the right yeah. word. Yeah, the Irish Smiths, the, uh, They've been called a few times. But so after that. That man broke up. He went into novel writing um, and, like, writing a range of different things. I think he's most well-known for writing the ending of the video game Minecraft, which is pretty fun. Oh, yeah. um, but he wrote this book that I read around 2018 or 19 called Connect that I thought was great. It was, like, a kind of a sci-fi thriller about um, the, the singularity theory, this idea that once the Internet and AI takes over, all of humanity will, like, become one, which is this, like slightly slightly off the wall sci-fi idea but it seems increasingly plausible yeah. <laughs> um, and so Gough wrote this great book about that and it touched on like ideas of hegel and lots of historical philosophers and in the book he describes people as red blood cells just like you know we think we're autonomous but we're just part of a system of systems creating wider ecosystem um, and so that was where that part of it came from and then righteousness was just i remember someone having a conversation with someone about like social media and how people are too self righteous these days and it occurred to me that you know where we I'm including myself with this are full of righteous words and language but righteous action doesn't seem to come into it as much mm. so I, I think righteousness is actually like it's, it's often used in a negative light but I think it's a really positive thing um, so yeah that was what, why I, I titled it that.
0: The first track is called Nothing, features Lollahush. Hush. It's only uh, kind of an intro track, and you've yeah. got an interlude with him as well. About, I think it's track number six, yes, yeah. uh, called Everything We Know in an Instant. Or, right. Were those two tracks both kind of created at the same time? Yeah.
2: There, there, there's actually a third track, and I. Uh, that was a mistake, I think his name should be on it. Um, the third interlude, which is. Track 10
0: A Trail Thin A, a trail, trail Thin, thin but, but Beautiful, beautiful yeah. Oh yeah so, It's only
2: 1 minute 40 Yes As so, well So effectively When I went in the studio With Dan McIntyre Who's Lullahush, um, He During uh, Covid He kind of I hope I'm not uh, Misrepresenting But he kind of got sick Of like Music And production And like Dan is a really Particular producer He's really anal And he creates really Detailed work and he got really frustrated with that and just wanted to do the opposite. So he was like, when I went in, he was like, can we just jam and make weird noise for a couple of hours and see what happens? And I was like, sure. <laughs> so it meant, it meant that there was no structured piece or nothing that seemed like a structured piece, but there's loads of these interesting sound collages. So I just kind of picked three of them as interludes um, and then took some of the, Audio recordings from the so all of the um, discussions I had with the artists I recorded those as well and I used those as kind of interlude um, snippets throughout. Dan has loads of experience of like producing for other artists, so we did all of these word games, which I had never come across before, and that's where all the the titles come from. We oh. were kind of, like finishing each other's sentences and stuff. It was really interesting, <laughs> actually.
0: Oh, so I won't ask you what does this track title mean or anything like that. You yeah. took it all. You took them all from a card game?
2: No, not a card game. They're like. It's kind of like um, creative writing games. So he, like, start a sentence and I'd have to finish it, or we do, like, word association. So things like A Trail, Thin But Beautiful was, was like, the, a conflation of different sentences that we'd written down independently to each other. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, really it was interesting. really interesting, actually. Just kind of
0: anything that sparks a bit of creativity sort of yeah. thing, is it?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I can't, there were more particular rules, which I can't actually remember now, But uh, but, like, one of the... It might be in that track a Trail Timothy, but there's a, there's a line that's like S- a, somnol- a somnolent ex a we ju- We're just like, we each wrote down our favourite abstract words. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> somnolent is a good one. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the conversations that you did with every artist, because I was going to ask you about that. You can hear artists coming in, kind of talking at the start or
2: maybe at the end of a track. I think they're a really important part of it, just... For one thing, it got us on the same page in terms of making the music and writing and what it was going to be about, but it was also it ju- it was just nice you know the the pandemic was a very cerebral time for a lot of people I think sitting at home thinking about stuff, and it was great to catch up with friends and to go straight in and have like like meaningful conversations and ha- to have an excuse to do that and I think when you're like trying to like quote-unquote you know be an artist or make art or whatever yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's good to, to talk about what you actually want to talk about sometimes and yeah um so they were great and they weren't as much as I probably had like to a certain extent an agenda or a goal with them they never followed those you know I put those ideas out there like community family faith what do these things mean and then everyone turns out everyone actually does want Has ideas on these things And wants to talk about them And it always generated Really interesting conversations And I tried not to talk too much Like you I don't know if it's If it's noticeable But on, There's all the audio snippets My voice doesn't really feature at all um, And that was purposeful Because I didn't really want it to be about me Yeah Except at the end You can hear me laughing yeah. a lot <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are there bits where they were like Oh no I've said too much Don't use that part
2: Not really no. Yeah not really Yeah no one said that to me anyway <laughs> for
0: Track two is Communion, featuring Loa and her sister, Feta. Uh, You've worked with both of them before, so I'm guessing that there was a bit of an ease
2: there anyway. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, Sally and Emma are old friends. Like, I I lived with Emma in college when we were, like, 20, 21, and then I became friends with Sally through um, So I've known for years. I know their mother. (laughs) You know, we're we're good pals, so there's definitely an ease. And I think I went up. I had been... Not during like the proper lockdown, but during like the the less strict stages of the pandemic, I'd been going up to their house in Carlo to work on music with Sally a couple of times anyway. So it was one of these sessions I was like, Can we take a day and do this? And I had some and I was like I had some money that I could pay them so it was yeah. Oh great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the <this> helps. <laughs>
0: I, I guess one of the things which stands out about this song, and stands out about another couple of songs, maybe like the circa Richardson one as well, is that the artists really sound like themselves too. Like it doesn't sound like they're getting lost, kind of in your project. Was that something that you wanted oh, for fr- sure. from the album?
2: Yeah, no, hundred percent. It was that. Like I didn't. It's a it's a kind of a tricky balance because y- you know the aim was to be as collaborative as possible, and then the the challenge is to make it um, sound like a unified like album. That it doesn't just sound like a compilation So yeah That was part of the goal it's, I, I love that you say that Because I got um, reviewed on Arena lately And it was the, the critique was that There wasn't enough of the feature the, Like the guests didn't Yeah Oh really Interesting but Now This, it, this reviewer who I'm not going to name Also <laughs> said I don't like electronic music oh, Which okay. I don't think you should say As a, like someone who works Like it's all of music You know <laughs> they say Anyway Oh <laughs>
0: man Listening back to your reviews
2: Like you know Don't oh, do it Don't hateful. do it <laughs> But no, I, yeah, it's good to hear that because that was definitely a conscious goal. Yeah. That's interesting that they said that. I would completely disagree. I think you can,
0: I don't know. I don't know if it makes it, but I mean, it certainly marks it out as completely different to the first one anyway, doesn't
2: it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Were,
0: were you thinking of like a different name as an artist or did you always think like, I oh, know this is my the second like solo album?
2: No, I, w- I wasn't sure actually of what to do because a part of me thought I should just put it out under my own name. Um, and it was just It was kind of continuity and convenience As much as anything Um, the, Like Yeah honestly Just like the kind of like Because you do have to wear a business hat as well And you know Just like put it on the same as Spotify And all those kind of things that seem to make more sense um, yeah. yeah Yeah
0: Earth Died Streaming yeah. is track number three Featuring Feel Bad Movie Club Who is I think Cabin musician Liam McCabe That is correct
2: yeah, You've yeah, worked yeah. with him before You put out an EP with him last yeah, year I did yeah So Liam is like in my opinion, one of the best kind of unheralded musicians in the country. He was in a band called Shouting at Planes for years, and then he was in another band called Heroes in Hiding. And he's just like a really, like a great all-rounder, singer-songwriter, beautiful voice, um, great lyricist, and like a really good producer as well. He's done a lot of film scoring and stuff lately. Feel Bad Movie Club it's like it's a project it's one of one of those things that every musician has this project that you have loads of tracks written but they never come out and i think it was when we made that cabin piece together that that guy gave him the impetus to use the name and kind of uh go with it a bit
0: so is that his project then or is it yeah project together the, feel bad no movie that's Bub- his
2: project that's yeah yeah as far as i know <laughs> so i think all of the releases of it so far are with me yeah <laughs> so. do
0: you have you got more tracks with him like to come
2: out? No, like you say, no no? No, no. no, he has more tracks yeah. to come out. Yeah, but no, no, no. But we have worked together on loads of things in the past. Um, yeah, Liam's great.
0: Is it easy working with someone
2: like that who you have worked with loads in the past for for this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the I I I think I said this in the the kind of press release, but half of the reason I chose all these people was because their musicianship and you know I admired them professionally. But then part of the reason just they're my friends as well, and I wanted to spend time with them, you know? Um, So, yeah, I I don't think I would have chosen anyone if I thought it was going to be a difficult, unpleasant working process, Um, even if I thought the music would have been good.
0: Was there anybody who you didn't know before that you worked with Uh, for the first time on the album No.
2: There was no one I didn't know, but I, I never worked with Sarah Corkin before, and I didn't oh, know okay. her that well. Um, well, that, that leads us straight into yeah, track it, number four here. Definitely. coincidence, Scott. Yeah. So Sarah, I kind of would have met years ago at parties and through mutual friends and stuff, and she would have been those people who I knew to say hello to, and I would like you Know, like her photos on Instagram or whatever, <laughs> but wouldn't have known very well. And I just loved the Pillow Queen's record, and I was like, Well, I need to get someone from that because it's great. And like, you know, I kind of know Sarah, uh, so I asked her to do it. And that was like, that was just a great day. We just got on really well. I had a lovely hang, and I like, I really liked that track, you know, and I really. I, in my opinion, um, like Pillow Queens are great, but it just showed a different side to Sarah and what she can do. And I, I'd, someone I'd love to work with again. Like I think that's a a banging track. Like
0: yeah, I guess I guess this is one of the tracks where I would think that, uh, unlike maybe Loa and Feta, it doesn't sound like Sarah that I've heard before in Pillow Queens. So that's interesting.
2: It is, and it's funny because I think like Sarah took a lot of the control of that actually, and even like you know by and large I played on most of the tracks I played a lot of the synths and keys because that's, that's kind of what I, my strength is but she played most of the chords and stuff so I think there's there's more in Sarah that maybe Pillow Queens doesn't uh, highlight you know which is natural you know in bands everyone has roles like but uh, but you yeah, know actually that was yeah I like her vocal on that as well as haunting um, and you don't necessarily hear that side of her in Pillow Queens either
0: Lyrically, like, what does that track get at? Is it is it all Sarah's lyrics? Is it your your mm. lyrics
2: together? It's, it was Sarah's, definitely, like, Sarah's is the one expressing something there. I did help. There was a few bits she was stuck on. I was like, what about this or that? So there was a bit of collaboration there, but no, certainly it's Sarah's. Uh, I know what it's about Because we talked about it that day And I don't think I should say Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they,
0: That's probably How you would feel about a, a lot of tracks on the album So I'm guessing Kind of you don't want To speak for the other well, artists In it, a way yeah. is
2: it? Well it's not necessarily mine Like that one now Is a is more private mm. you know, and it's kind of about family I think is, is one of the ideas of, behind it. I'll, that. I'll oh. say nothing <laughs> no, okay, okay. Um, no I better not just we like me, as I said me and Sarah had a great day we hit, we hit it off really well for someone who didn't know each other that well before and we chatted very candidly about a lot of things so yeah that, that track I, I would say that's probably something she didn't get an opportunity to say with Pillow Queens Um yeah but I'll say no more <laughs> for a few interesting interesting call me
3: to feel better
0: Track number five is I Know This Is Water featuring Eamon Dillon. And it starts out, I think, with Circa Richardson. I think I recognize her voice talking right. at the start. Tell me about Eamon I Dillon. I don't think I know him that that's well. He's my brother. Oh, hey,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. that's why I don't yeah. know him.
2: Eamon's my brother. And I just, like, it's about friends and family. And I wanted to get family on it. And initially, I'd hope to get all of my family on it in some way, shape or form. And it just, especially with COVID and trying to get to people, there wasn't time. But Eamon uh, like played piano for years and is a nice singer. No, it's actually me singing on it. Yeah, I just went to his house in Donegal and recorded him play guitar for a bit. <laughs> and we had a, we had the big chat. He's great at chatting. His voice features as like a snippet of conversation later on as well. Yeah, so this one, I guess, I just because I think Eamon is less experienced now, he's not a professional musician, I had to do a bit more of the work in terms of taking what we had done and, and putting it together. But the, I, I attempted as much to, because I had like, you know, two hours of conversation of talking to him. And obviously, I know him pretty well. <laughs> um, so I tried to kind of express something that he would, yeah, agree with or fit or like would fit what we talked about that day. Um, yeah. Did you get
0: to talk to the rest of your family, like recording them?
2: Uh, not really. Like, I got my mam, My mam is on the last track. <laughs> but that was it, unfortunately. Yeah, my, like neither of my sisters were in the country at the time, so that was, wasn't a goer. And yeah. Zoom. You know, you can get a Come lot of <laughs> Zoom. In. yeah. It in Probably second. wouldn't sound great on an
0: album. Maybe, maybe it's not. fine for a podcast.
2: Yeah, but there was just so many moving parts, you know. Um, yeah, and eventually I just had to stop.
0: <laughs> nice, nice excuse to go up to Donegal. a decamp to Donegal. Mm-hmm. To Donegal. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, uh, see that. the brother, get a track done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Track six we already mentioned The interlude with Lola Hush And now we're on to the first single That you release from the album Patience of Saints Featuring God Knows and Merle
2: No cynex, no volumes, just bitter pills. I had no training wheels for this way, past the days of record deals. I had no training wheels, this has nothing to do with my mic skills. Who got the slug? Who got the plug? I never took up about the guy who deals. Trapped by the web, finish so off flying. So you better spy that Your Scariest thing since Rudy you know, yeah. Who got the plug? Who got the plug?
3: I've
0: been lucky enough to spend time with them, do interviews with them And I always come away feeling like so much, almost rejuvenated Is that how you felt as well, being in the studio with them? Their positivity just rubs off on you, doesn't it? Yeah,
2: I mean, they are... Not like no, no, as far as about anyone else on the album or in the world. They are the best people. They're just and like obviously they're amazing musicians, amazing MCs. But they're all like they're just such good role models of how to be a human. <laughs> you know, they're they're wonderful guys. Like and yes, it was it was great to see them. And it was the conversation was brilliant as well because they're just their outlook is, is different to everyone else I know. and It's so insightful, and it was interesting. And Something that I wanted to kind of discuss on the album a little bit as well was like faith and the concept of faith and they're very strong Christians and I, it, I found it very interesting that their, their belief system and their like approach to worship definitely makes them better people and it's funny, you know, it's something, and I, like I don't want to push, well, fuck it, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's something that I, like, I don't know, I think about a lot that with the, you know, with all of the, the scandals in the Catholic Church, we've kind of thrown the baby out with the bathwater in Ireland where it's like oh the Catholic Church are bad so all religion or faith is bad and then I s- spend time with people like them and I'm like hmm maybe not <laughs> you know like they, they're like all of, all of their kind of church connections and community and prayer groups and all of those things really give them something that I think a lot of people are missing um, so it was, it was fascinating to talk to them about that you know
0: yeah I've like I, I've Never I don't think I've heard them talk About that side of things Maybe it's something They don't want to put out there yeah. Too publicly yeah. either But like Yeah I mean If if you get something positive out of it Then all power to you Yeah In yeah, a way yeah. But yeah it's something that uh, As Irish people I don't think we're going to Kind of stop uh, Thinking about Anytime soon Yeah
2: Where did you do this? Did you go down to Limerick And work on it with them I did. down yeah, there? I yeah I went to Murley's uh, apartment Because he's a little home studio set up there So it was perfect
0: Is it good changing up the space that you're working in as well like going to other people's studios too i like it
2: yeah i liked it for this i kind of before the pandemic i had like i kind of made like a little kind of portable studio so it was just like the my little monitors that are here in the studio and uh, an audio interface um and a few other bits and pieces that i could just fit in a flight case and bring anywhere um and super convenient actually so i would bring that to like did i No, I didn't have a studio at the time. Well, I I was in West Cork, and I had a bit of a studio, so I made the track with Quiva, She came down, but everything else I went, I was in, like, some sitting room or something. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you need? Did you just need your computer? You just needed, like, Ableton or something I brought a couple of synths as well. Yeah, I brought, because I was was driving places so I could bring a bit of stuff. But yeah, computer with Ableton, um, uh, monitors, a couple of mics, and a couple of synths.
0: That's great. yeah, yeah <laughs> have <laughs> have instruments will travel Yes, exactly <laughs> The world told no Lies is track number eight featuring Daniel Fox from Gilliband and Nev, who I haven't heard about no, before great. I think she released I was looking I was trying to find more about her. I think she released a track in 2020. I think she's
2: got one track up on Spotify. yeah it's weapon Mm. yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) she has got a great voice like distinctive voice oh she's so good i wish she would do more (laughs) um but so that started with i went to dan fox Um dan for gilliband is a really good mate of mine we've worked Uh together on a few things before and i went to up to his studio in yellow door which is in uh like fairview in dublin Uh oh Um, yeah. I thought he was in Stony Valley. He has a recording studio there that he works from, but the Gilla band, like rehearsal space, ah. I guess. Yeah. Um I went that's where I went. But they have a studio set up there as well. Like they, those lads have so much gear. <laughs> it's you wouldn't believe like <laughs> But uh Yeah, Dan is a good man. And that was like that was a lot of fun. You know, we just because I think working with vocalists there was more by and large we we worked towards making songs because that's what they normally do. And then like You know, like Dan is an amazing engineer and producer, but effectively, like, he's kind of an experimental composer. You know, when you think about Gillibandu, I know they're a punk band, but also, like, they're really doing something that I think nobody else does. So the approach is very different. And like Dan was just like, well, I want to use this bass, these pedals, and make something cool sounding. Um, and then he also, he was like, I'd love to play drums. I never get the chance to play drums. So, <laughs> so I got to play drums on it as well. And we had, uh, at the end of it, we had like a, a biz- like like it's, it's a weird track. <laughs> but we had this mad electronic noise kind of piece. And I sent it to him, he was like, love this, but it, it, it needs vocals. And I was like, well, I've always wanted to get uh, Neb to do something because she, I've known her for years. Like she would have, she played in bands with different friends of mine and uh, she put out that track. But that's a track she made with Dan, Lullahush, and um, And I love that. And I just, yeah, I thought she'd be perfect. Uh, yeah, and I thought she nailed it as well because it was, it, she definitely bought, brought like a pop sensibility or a, She made it a lot more accessible than it was, Um, and her vocal parts are great.
3: That's life go living it That's life go living it That's life go, living it That's life go
0: I, I was thinking that, like, Dan is, you know, co- co-produces or fully produces the Gilliband stuff himself. Yeah. So I was wondering, was it almost like you trying to wrestle control of this track with him? But it sounds like he was just very uh, happy just to yeah. do things maybe he wouldn't normally do in the studio. Yeah,
2: so. 100%. Yeah, it was just fun, actually.
0: And so the Nev vocals came afterwards yeah. you weren't working together in the studio no unfortunately all
2: not yeah but uh, but it worked out um, yeah that that's the only thing actually that I didn't record or whatever that she just did it herself like and I sent her the instrumental and it wasn't quite the same as it ended up being and she used did loads of vocals over it and they all sounded great so I used as many of them as possible.
0: <laughs> you just know, Dan, going back years, I guess that Melty Brains and Gilliband
2: just crossed paths so often, yeah. is it? Yeah, we... That, where they have their rehearsal space in Fairview, Melty Brains were there as well and so we would have met them there in like 2012 or 2011. We, we shared... We didn't, weren't in the same room as them but we were next door to them and then, like, we did... We did One year, year we did Ireland Music Week Which is how Class Heroes With them And then we did South by South West The same year They were there Oh wow great Yeah so we've Yeah old friends and Wow I, And I did uh, I worked Well with Slash for Dan On a dance show A couple years ago oh, Night dances. yes. We, ta-
0: we mentioned this we In did. our interview Earlier this yeah, year I was yeah. raving about it then I could rave about oh, it again now Oh so god
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I l- like to know I've learned loads From working with Dan Like he's a He's an incredible Just engineer And his knowledge of Audio is is yes yeah, outrageous. You know, like like when when there are sound issues in the studio, like Dan will know if the problem is the impedance of the the preamp. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? Like yeah, he really like he's he knows electrical engineering. It's, he's great.
0: Fruit Peel Path features Key Debara, who I think that you lived with. I think yeah. I think I saw that somewhere right. on your Instagram. Maybe I think Quite that possibly. you said it. Yeah. Uh, I love this track. I think it's brilliant, and yeah. I think Guida debarra is.
2: Uh, an amazing musician yeah. too. Uh tell me about this song. Uh this was the one that we took the most time on. So I lived with, actually lived with her after this was written, but we were good friends beforehand and she was like many people cooped up for a lot of the pandemic. So she said she'd come down to West Cork and I think she stayed for like two weeks that time <laughs> in the end, just hanging out and we had a spare room and she just set up and wrote songs there for a couple of weeks. So it was
0: almost like a, a uh, artist retreat.
2: Honestly that was yeah. how we how we <laughs> kinda of played it like <laughs> But we had lovely time. Um and so the first like two days, this is the only one that we gave more than a day to. The first two days we were writing the track. Um and this one like we like really took control of it. She did a lot of the the kind of structure and the chords and really like uh took charge. Now, admittedly the arrangement afterwards, like and you know, I never I never told her I was gonna drop her to record it and those kind of things. <laughs> um so there were parts where I took over afterwards, but yeah, a lot of this came from Queva. And this track, I mean, this is one where I'll I kind of gladly talk about the meaning behind it, because Quiva has two um, young nephews and now a niece as well, brand new niece, Great. <laughs> um, brand which new. is lovely. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, fresh back from the shop, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, two nephews who are, God, what are these now? Uh, seven and four, maybe? Seven and three, something like that. Um, and she is like she's their only she's their only aunt she's their only um aunt or uncle and she's very doting and so a lot of like when we talked about kind of you know community and family and these things a lot of it came back to them for her you know how important they are in her life um and the song is about like her kind of desire to protect them from the world i guess you know and the, the role of being like a an adult guardian of children um yeah and just keeping their innocence and it's it's a lovely song do you see it
0: almost as like, an outlier on the album in terms of, like, the the lyrical content, that it is kind of, like, just a really lovely sentiment as opposed to maybe
2: too deep or, or maybe, like, kind of a little bit darker than other songs? Yeah, I, I see what you mean, but I think, like, the, the kind of, the lyrical content on all the tracks, even though the themes are similar, is quite different, you know, because they all come from such different point of views. So I, I think, I don't know if there's any... Either they're all outliers or there are no outliers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's like I think it's I think if it wasn't so long, it would have been a single. I think it's a great track, but it was just like I, I said to the label, they're like you can't have an eight-minute single or whatever it is, <laughs> which was a shame. But uh, yeah, and I love like the so it's funny because we wrote we wrote the first half, which has like relatively straightforward song structure, you know, There's verses and choruses and stuff, and then we have been listening to. Um, Frank Ocean, and I was talking about the track Nights, when he does that beat switch, uh, which is like when, you know, one of these great moments in pop music <laughs> history I think, but uh, we were like, can we do something like this and then just have a totally different second half and we were also listening to Dear April, which he'd put out that year, um, or the year before maybe it was 2020, and so we said we'd get to this like big climax and then just have an improvised second half, and so we just went back in, we'd written the whole first half, and we went back into the little studio in OS Cork and just hit record, I started playing piano, we started singing, and we got the take. Um, and now, funny, because it was, it was like, God, oh, that's great. <laughs> and then we did it three or four times, and it wasn't getting any better, so we went with the first one. But it was really, I mean, that was a really interesting process to just come back to that thing of like trusting ourselves to just be like, let's just record for a few minutes and see what happens. Um, and it was cool.
0: That's great. Bone features uh, Circa Richardson who we mentioned earlier. I'm imagining that this is uh, one that she could almost knock out in five minutes. She's just in and out, just like so confident in her in herself in her own songwriting uh, as well like more or less
2: <laughs> like even like that day she, i think she was going for dinner with her girlfriend there's a lot that we finished up like we got to that the kind of the point of the song relatively finished really quickly and she was like michael how go, Brian." <laughs> I went, yeah fair <laughs> enough you know like i think we were in the studio for four hours that day we chatted for two and the whole thing was written in two um and even like the you know the big Kind of noise wall, dreamy bit at the end. We made that in there that day as well. Like it, it was it was a mess. <laughs> um, but all the guitar parts and the vocals, she just belted them all out. Um, I think she did do some re-dubs of vocals, but um, yeah, it was. Easy. <laughs> do you, you know her going back years as well?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. can can you sense almost like that she is confident, like yeah. really confident now as opposed to maybe in, in the early days or whatever?
2: Yeah, I do you know I think Sarah Catholic is fairly confident, but she's just like she she's she's just like for one thing she's improved. Um you know, and I, like, the, no shade on her. Yeah, yeah, up, yeah. But she's just getting better and better all the time. Like a all musicians she, yeah, yeah, aspire exactly. to do as well, yeah. 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 And, yeah, and what's great to see about Cirque is that she has gotten the reaction she deserves. You know, like, I me, um, Hall and Ben from Melty Brains, um, and my, my ex-girlfriend used to play with her back when she put her first EP out, like, about 10 years ago. Um, so I would have known her then. And that, at that time, like, you know, you're playing to, like... 20 people in Dublin or whatever you know really small shows and it's great to see like song after song everything gets better and better and it just it, it has built momentum you know she's really like her career she's done it the right way i think like a really lot of time for Cirque and i think she's, she's such a great musician and it's great to see her getting the recognition
0: Lightwork Features, the aforementioned Ben Bix yes. and Michal Quinn, yes. your fellow Melty Brains. Yes. Could this have been a Melty Brains
2: song or was it created specifically, specifically for, for this? this? Yeah, I don't think it could have been. Like, <laughs> it, it's kind of interesting because it... and um, You might disagree. I don't think this sounds anything like a Melty Brains song. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel like there's like a, an undercurrent anyway. Okay, well uh, that's but, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just funny when... Because obviously it's three of the five and like a lot of the tracks were written buy like maybe three of the five in, in terms of Melty brain. so it's interesting that just when one person is given the reins more so that it, it's shaped in such a particular direction you know this is the first one I did and it was kind of the test Oh, okay. Yeah, just I was living with the guy, so it was easy. But we made the beat. We actually Michal made a load of beats basically. Um that's why there's kinda of, kinda of, kind of extreme beat changes in it. Michal made a load of beats, I played a bunch of keys and I don't know what Ben did the first day to tell you the truth. Um, but then but then so I, we had this like this like it was in Ableton, it was like a list of beats. And it wasn't restructured really that clearly. And then I structured it and me and Ben went into, into the studio or into the room, <laughs> the studio room another day to do the vocals. And I had actually written the lyrics for it. Um, and we just kind of put together. Though like the, I'd written the lyrics, but the melodic direction he took it in, I didn't expect at all. So that was kind of a nice surprise and I had to figure it out. And it's actually Tig from Melty Brains playing violin on it as well. So it's a real family affair. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And finally, a crack becomes a crevice, a foothold becomes a foundation, features Owen French, a.k.a. Talos. It sounds like this... Was this created specifically as the closing track? You have all of these voices
2: coming in, kind of almost crashing against each other? When we started working on it, that wasn't the plan. Um, and we just... Like, that was a kind of a quick enough session as well. And we just kind of got the chords down. And, like, I played some chords on one synth. He played chords on the other. And there's a few other noises, and it was still a, a bit messy. And then it kind of made sense because like the one of the chord sequences, I'm not sure if it's the one I did, the one I did, was kind of like, quote unquote, epic sounding. <laughs> <laughs> so it seemed to work as a closer, and because there was no vocal on it as well, um, and so, yeah, then I was like, well, there's a lot of, I have all this audio recording, and there's lots of interesting things being said, why don't I utilize it for this kind of climactic moment? And it's kind of, a lot of my music tends to be quite serious. <laughs> um, even Like your solo music or yeah, using Melty Brains as well, yeah? Mm, Melty Brains less so, to be fair. Um, though, like a lot of Melty Brains music without the surrounding package, the music on its own, is actually pretty serious. I don't know if my personality is that serious, like, uh, so <laughs> it was nice To highlight that side of the process as well, because we had so much, all those rant sessions were loads of fun, and I had just so many snippets of like me laughing for five minutes at something that someone else had said, so I'm like, I'm gonna put all these in. (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, And yeah, it it seems like a fitting way to close it. Um, And there was a thing Dan McIntyre said. There's a few things that were like, I need to get in. Like Dan McIntyre was talking about this book, The Master and Margarita, this like famous Russian novel that he'd been reading at the time. And he says the thing like the message in the book is that there is goodness in everyone. And it's such a like, I, I think if there's a takeaway from the album, it's like that's a good message, you know, um, which is hard to remember when we're constantly bombarded by all the terrible things in the world. And then also to kind of leave it on like, a slightly humorous note, that thing that Michal says at the end where it's like, you know, all you can do is like do your best and treat people well and treat yourself well. So maybe not. <laughs> it seemed like a nice a bit of amb- ambiguity to not be too preachy I'm at the end. <laughs>
3: Matter <laughs> for us in, in red it. Okay, you you know. I think yeah. I think the, the way the way it has value is that it's just it, does it make you treat people around you a bit better? Yeah. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. Are you just a? But it, you also might not at all.
0: So that's uh the full album. I know that you've got loads of Melty Brains stuff recorded and probably ready to go as well. Have you, do you think that this is the end of oh jeez, the end of the line? <laughs> 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 oh my god. I ah, wasn't expecting that. Or well, do you, do you think that it will continue whether yourself or as a collaborative
2: thing going forward? The the plan is for it to continue. Yeah, because I've I'm doing some gigs to you know to promote this and support this and i've actually figured out what i think works as a way of gigging this on my own so yes yeah, so i'm going to keep going with this it's just something i'd like to do and i'd like to have as much as um i like i love collaborating and i want to keep doing that in as many ways as possible i'd like to have my own thing as well and so this seems like like the, when i made this it was really for the sake of making it but now it's there and people are listening and there's a bit of a name like there's an awareness that I can do this I'd I'd like to do more of it um, and if that means more people like you know hire me or ask me to collaborate brilliant or if I get to do shows on my own as well great
0: cool congrats uh, I think it's a great album so uh, congrats that. on the album and thanks for chatting with me this morning and thanks for having me
3: was never such an easy sell oh See yourself. If only you could see yourself. You started sleeping by the telephone. You could call me just to say hello. I know he got away. smile